Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Okay, I'll tell you a story. Something happened long ago. I went into a service um, back in the days in, in, in Lagos. The congregation was about 2,000, and I made sure I sat by the aisle. This man of God came full of anointing. There was something about him that I loved. I mean, he, he was not just charismatic. I saw the move of the Spirit of God and the power of God at work in him. I was still in campus then. And as I watched this man minister, something in me said to me, you need this. And you know, typical of most ministers, when a pastor begins to preach and he wants to connect to the crowd, especially radical preachers like us that don't stay in one place, he would move into the crowd, all right? He would speak, he would teach. This particular man of God would move, he would lay hands on people and they would drop under the anointing. He would minister. And I just kept saying, Lord, I need this because I knew I was destined for ministry and I wanted something to be special about my ministration. So, in this massive crowd, I was somewhere, say, a bit close to the middle of the crowd. I said to myself, I said, God, touch this man to touch me. In actual fact, just let him come my way. And then the guy would come. He would preach. He said, may the Lord bless you. And then he would get to a point. He would come back to the podium. <laughs> and I kept watching this man. I kept watching this man. I said, this man has something I need. So I said to myself, today, permit me to speak like this back home. Today, not today. You know, I wasn't that this fat then. In actual fact, my neck was so slim. And of course, you know, I have very big ears. So, And then those days, we wear what we call coat. <laughs> not suit. Borrowed from my brother. So I was just in that service. So when the man came, I said to myself, something must happen today. As he came into the aisle, I had timed him. And I knew that in the next 10 minutes, he was going to be done. I came into the, he came into the aisle, and I got up. Protocol guys got up. They probably thought I was an assassin or someone that was about to do something crazy. And they came to stop me. The man noticed me and stopped. You can imagine. The whole church, the attention was, was diverted towards where I was. And the guy told the protocol, let him be. He said, son, come. And I walked towards him. And he said to me, what do you want? I looked at him in the eye. And I said, sir, I want what you carry. The guy laid hand on me. A glory I had never experienced in my life before came upon me. And the power of God moved me for something deposited. I went back to school and I said, God, if there's anything called the transference of power and grace, I want to see it at work. I began a campus ministry while in school. That is about 22 years now, still on in the city of Badom. So I went back to school and I said, Father, I want to see the same thing happen. So there was a crusade. I came into that crusade. The hall was full. And I said, God, if there's anything called the transference of power, I want to experience it. As I moved into the crowd, I lined up. I speak on that oath. The power of God took people and they were slain. There was a particular one that almost made me cry. There were people who came on the on the on the aisle. As I laid hand on them and I passed, the power of God lifted this lady off the ground. 
I have seen power. In case if you don't believe that this thing, this God we serve, is a God of power, you probably need to seek him a bit, a bit more. I've seen literal power. I've seen the demonstration of grace. I've seen twisted faces torn. I've seen stroke judged. I know there is power in the kingdom. But all this comes to one point. If you're going to command results, you must be, are you still here? You must be deliberately radical. You can't operate like every other person and expect results. Not in a city like this. You must be deliberately radical. It must either be I get it or I die. Any child of God, this average mentality is not permitted. You've got to break the limits and break the borders. Lift up, lift up your hands and say, my father, my father. Can I hear your voice like Tony? Say, my father, my father. Touch me today. Come on, that's not loud enough. Say, my father, my father. Visit me today. Don't forget, I began by saying that we need to pray. So I want you to open up yourself to prayers. The Lord revealed three things to me. Three amazing picture, prophetic picture to me of people who are here. And that's what we're going to start. We're going to spend some time to pray. Then after praying, I take you into the teaching. The first. God help me. Somebody pray in the Holy Ghost. I turn every spirit loose. I call on the angels that follow me to come now because a miracle must happen. There must be a transformation in the life of someone who's present in this service in the name of Jesus. Isaiah chapter 28 verse 20. The first picture the Lord showed to me by revelation is found in this scripture. And I'm going to have an assistant today to help me create the picture clear. After which I would demand it of you to pray. I would demand it from you to intercede for your destiny. Are you there? Please put it on the screen. Isaiah chapter 28 verse 20. It says, for the bed. I'm coming, minister. For the bed is shorter than that a man can stretch himself. The covering narrower than the man can wrap himself. This looks simple, but I'll take you into a deeper dimension. Minister, please come. I'll take you into a deeper dimension. This is exactly what is happening to people in this service. And God wants to change the story. So this, this is winter, right? And you've got the minister. What is he trying to do? He's trying to cover himself. But can you notice that something is, something is not right here? He wants to cover his feet, but his head is exposed. Now he's going to try to cover his head. And the upper part of his body, his legs are exposed. Are you with me, child of God? 
That's what that scripture is saying. And this is the mystery and the pain. He's got a blanket. So everybody sees him to have something. But what he has is not sufficient. Everyone feels he's got a bed. But the bed is too small to take him. Have you been there before? When you have a job that can truly pay the bills. Have you been there before? And then people look at you and they kind of envy you. They wish they could actually be you. But a lot isn't going well. I saw this vision by the spirit. And God is saying, I'm going to change it today. I don't know if you can feel it. You labor so much. You labor so much. But what you get out of that labor cannot satisfy. Everyone sees you to be married. But there's something wrong with that marriage. Every time you go home, you are in pain. There is a garment that is too narrow to cover you. You've got a car. You can't fuel. The bed is too small to give you satisfaction. The garment is too narrow to cover you. So you've got a covering, but yet you are cold. Now, now you're in a relationship and nobody knows it, but you're crying and people out there, they feel everything is going well. Everything is going well. You live in a house, but can't fix the damage. So it's raining and it's dripping. And you're so uncomfortable and you're saying, God, what is happening? You leave the house each day, but you come back empty. The more you get, you just notice it's just not enough. I don't know who I'm speaking to today. I saw this vision by the Spirit. And the Lord says he's going to change it. He's going to turn it around. There is just one prayer I wanted to pray. Is Father, help me. <laughs> oh God, help me and change my story. Rise up with me. I don't know what is it with you. You're working so hard. You're working so hard. Come on, somebody. You're working so hard. You're laboring so much. But the garment is too small. The bed is too short. It's just not enough. I'm in it, but it appears as if I'm Ayatabahasa. In the name of Jesus. Now listen to me. Everybody back home, they believe you're doing well, you know. Everyone feels it's better. I mean, you're, you're living a good life here, here in the UK. But nobody actually knows how much you struggle. You, you seem to have it, but it's never enough. Raise your right hand and say, my father, my father. No, no, I, I understand that, that everything about the UK is porch. But, but I beg of you to please get a bit radical. That's why I share that story. If you're going to pray today, pray like you've never prayed before. Are you with me? The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. What is effectual and fervent? It's a prayer that, that brings together your spirit, your soul, and your body. There's a cry from within that says, God, this situation must change. Say, my father, help me, Lord. Change my story. Lift up your voice and pray. Pray in the Holy Ghost if you can. Open your mouth and speak. It mustn't continue like
like this. Malika payata kalama yatakalaba. I feel the anointing of God here. There's a change of story. 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 Marika payata bayante lebakatalabaya. Stretch your hands towards me. Stretch your hands towards me. God is a merciful God. He's a merciful God. And if only you believe. As I bow my knees before this altar, help is coming. I say help coming. In the name of Jesus. I say receive help in the name of Jesus. I say receive help in the name of Jesus. I say receive help in the name of Jesus. I say receive help in the name your story is changing after today. I say your story is changing after today. I say your case is changing after today. If you believe, come on, shout a big amen. Wow. Wow. That devil is a liar. You must never be at a position where you seem to have, but yet it's not satisfying. It's turning around now. In the name of Jesus. May take your seat for a moment. The next prayer point I want us to take is the prayer against invincible battles. Invincible battles. Now, you see, every time I'm invited to preach, because I'm not a professional preacher, I'm an, I'm an inspired preacher. I need to get a word from the Lord that is, that is due for the season. And I began to say to the Lord, what do I, what do, I do? And he gave me these prayers. And I, and I feel that... It's a key word for people. So I saw a set of people in this meeting also that, that were in a battle. But this battle are invincible and they can't even see who is fighting them. And something strange happened yesterday. I mean something very strange. Someone hooked up with me on WhatsApp and he said, Pastor, how are you doing? I said, I'm fine. And I wasn't sure who the person was. He said, I've been looking for your number for years now. And I just got it today and I felt I should connect with you. I said, okay, fine. It was a UK number. A guy that didn't even know I'm in the UK. And I decided to call on video call so I can see who was talking. Guess what? It was somebody I impacted his life several years back. What was his story? This young guy wanted to travel out of the country. I'm talking about invincible battles. Invincible battles. Come on, say, my father, my father. Fight my battles for me. Come on, louder. Say, my father, my father. Fight my battles for me. Now, we're talking about the invincible battles that shift the post. Did you get that? Invincible battles that shift the goalpost. Now, you're playing and you're almost there to score. And then, and then the power shifts the goalpost. Now, it, it, it leads to frustration, sir. Now, what happened to this young man that called me yesterday? That's why I know that God is said to do something here. Just yesterday, the first time he came to meet me, probably about well over 10 to 12 years back, he wanted to travel out of the country. He wanted to leave our, our country, Nigeria, to the UK or abroad. So there's this thing they used to do then, long ago. You get people together and they do a corporate package, all right, as though they belong to a particular company and all that. So they did this package. He paid for it, or rather he got people to pay. So they all got the visa. They got into the plane. At that time, he was going to Dublin. They all got to Dublin, sir. 
They passed the security back home and they got to Dublin. At the point of entering, they looked at him in the eye and said, no, you can't come in. Everything looked perfectly well, but they denied him. And because at that time, he's a very smart boy. And he felt, no, no, I can't go back home. What will I tell them? So somehow, somehow, he made his way out of the airport, somehow, and landed in the UK. Then it was possible. I'm sure right now, it might probably be very, very, very difficult. And then he began to hustle. Had no paper in the city. He did everything he could do, but drugs. <laughs> somehow, he just survived. And then, he understood the system and began to, to desire to do it right. So he applied for a school. He paid, used everything, but he was here. When he paid and he got the admission, he sent his passport photo back home so that they can do a fresh passport for him. So they did a fresh passport. He sent all the documents. He had a brother, a cousin that looked exactly like him. So they moved the, the papers, everything said, and he, this cousin was to represent him in the, at the embassy. The guy looked exactly like him. So the cousin went with the passport and all the documents to the embassy and got a visa. So he got excited. At least now I can leave and come back to begin. Child of God, he left the UK, came back home, took the passport that had the visa in it and decided to go back. And guess what happened? He passed immigration back home also. By the time he got into UK, they looked at him, looked at the passport, and said, no, you can't come in. And that was how they deported him back. That was the point he met with me. And then somebody recommended him, and then he came. And, and when he told me all the crooked things, I said, look, right now, you are a sinner. <laughs> if God is going to show up, it has to just be by mercy. But I understand something about mercy, child of God. I understand something about mercy. It doesn't matter how far you've gone. It doesn't matter how bad it is. There's a dimension of mercy that can eliminate the consequences of your error. When mercy comes in, hear me, pardon steps in. Can I prophesy to someone here? God will shift your head from that consequences. If you believe, jump up and shout a big amen. Amen. Listen to me, child of God, what you don't understand. There's a side in God's grace that, that, that gives a provision for our mistakes and our error. It doesn't mean that you should just naturally go and begin to mess up. But, but when you come before God and you come clean, Lord, I'm guilty as charged. But where be the God of mercy? There's a side in God that not only forgives, but gives you another chance. Can I say this to someone here today? We do not serve a God of a second chance. No, 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 no. We serve the God of another chance. That's what the Bible says when the writers fall it the first time and falls the second time and makes them. He says, even at the seventh counter, when he rises again, mercy will meet him. I prophesy to you, may the mercy of God locate you. Yeah. Sit down. And I said to the guy, I said, mercy is going to speak for you. But you need to do it right. So I said, now go to immigration. Do the right thing. Go and be properly snapped. Make an application. And then when you're done doing that, Bring the right passport and then bring the, the fake one as it were. I said, take the two of them to the embassy. He said, he said to me, Pastor, nobody, nobody will give me visa because already this, this shows fraud. 
I said, except if the God of mercy does not speak. I'm talking about invincible battles. You can't explain why you're being resisted. You're qualified. You have everything that it takes for you to be bigger, better, and greater than this. But there are battles you can't explain. Now, you can call it a coincidence. At least the first time they went to Dublin, it was a proper arrangement. But at the point of entry, he was rejected. Then he came back home, and then everything seemed okay. At the point of entry again in the UK, he was rejected. What is behind the scene? That says you will not go beyond where you are. If only you can shout a bigger man. I command judgment in the name of Jesus. The judgment of God is coming upon it. I said judgment is coming upon it. I said judgment is coming upon it. Every power that says you won't go beyond this point. God will humiliate them today in the name of Jesus. So he went back. Everybody told him, don't listen to that pastor. And I looked at him in the eye and said, except God, be not God. If the God of the Bible is still alive, if this God is still potent and powerful, go back there. Mercy will speak. The guy went back. They transferred, they transferred the visa from the fake passport, knowing he was deported to the new passport. And he came back. And after he came back, he started looking for me. And just yesterday night, he reconnected. Somebody needs a blessing here today. Rise and say, my father, my father. Over my life. Terminate every invisible battle. Over my life. In the name of Jesus. Come on, prayer, prayer, prayer. Radabayata. Terminate every invisible battle from moving to the next level. Lord, terminate every invincible battle. Lord, terminate every invincible battle. Come on, somebody pray. Come on, speak to the Lord. Speak to the Lord. In the name of Jesus. How many of you believe that God is able? Yeah, I mean, when we share testimony, it's not, it's not because we want to prove any point. We share testimony because we know that the God that did it before can do it again. The God that did it before can do it again. He's the God yesterday, the God today, and the God forevermore. What he does for one, he can do for all. Stretch your hands towards me in faith. And I'm going to make a decree. And after today, every power fighting you will bow out of your life in the name of Jesus. I release deliverance for you. I release deliverance for you. I subdue the power. I overthrow that power. I crush that influence. I set you free. In the name of Jesus. In the name of I told you everything I do is prophetic. Can I ask you for to do something that is not normal with church? I want you to get out of your seat. And if you can draw a line in front of you, and I want you to jump across that line because every line they have drawn to say you can't go beyond this point. If God be God, if God be God, you are crossing over. I say you are crossing over. I say you are crossing over. No more invisible battle. I say you are crossing over. No more resisting force. I say you are crossing over. If you believe, jump and shout a big amen.
Mani akabakasa. Inanina makosa kayabada. Yana mahasa. Where they say you will never get to. If you can just say amen. There's a power from heaven that will help you. I say you will get there. 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 What they say your hands will not handle. What they say your hands cannot handle. If God be God, I prophesy your hands will handle it. I say your hands will take it. I say you will possess it. In the name of Jesus. Final prayer point as we get into the message of today. There's something called unseen adversary, sir. The first one is, sit down please. The first, or rather, the second vision had to do with invincible battles. That is purely spiritual. There's something that is called unseen adversaries. 1 Corinthians chapter 16 verse 8. 1 Corinthians 16 8. Can you put it on the screen? 1 Corinthians 16 verse 8. He says, but I will tarry in Ephesus until Pentecost. Can I give you a rev? I know I came today with a prophetic grace. Look at that scripture. Okay, let's go to verse 9. Because verse 9 is the one you're used to. And then I will connect verse 8 with verse 9. Verse, verse 9 says, for what? A great door, an effectual, is opened unto me. He says, what? He says, but there are what? Many adversaries. So I call this the unseen adversary. So Paul was saying, I have opportunities. But there are entities, there are personalities, there are adversaries resisting my access into that door. Now watch this. Now you go up so you can understand why he had to tarry in Ephesus. Sometimes we need to tarry. When pastor says we need to fast and pray, don't take it for granted. When he says it's time for us to seek the face of the Lord, don't take it for granted. When he says it's time for us to get a man of God, either an apostle, a prophet, or whatever, come in, don't take it for granted. Paul says, are you there? In verse 8. In verse 8. He says, but I will tarry in Ephesus. Until what? Until Pentecost. What happened in Pentecost? That is the release of the Spirit. Because every time the Spirit is released, no matter the obstacles and the adversaries, God will push them out of the way here. Lift up your hand and say, Father, let your Spirit come. 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 In the name of Jesus. So Paul says, I will, I will tarry in Ephesus until Pentecost happens. The Spirit of God is the energy of God. The Spirit of God is the power of God. The Spirit of God is the dunamis of God. And when the Spirit of God comes upon you, it turns the mortal to become immortal. There's something that happens to your spirit. And you become unstoppable, you become unresistible. You can move through the wall because now the Spirit has taken over. And so Paul says, I know doors have been opened, but I know I have oppositions. But I can't cross that door except the Holy Ghost comes upon me. Because when the Holy Ghost comes, every Possible becomes possible. Every possible becomes possible. I prophesy to you in the name of the Lord. May the Holy Ghost rest upon you. May glory come upon you. May the hand of God rest upon you. In the name of Jesus. Church, are you here? 
because of the release of the Spirit of God, because of the release of the Spirit of God, you know what will happen? The invincible adversaries will bow before you. So say, my father, my father, as I flow in the power of the Holy Ghost, come on, as I flow in the power of the Holy Ghost, I command every invincible adversary against my next level to bow before me in the name of Jesus. Come on, as I operate in the power of the Holy Ghost, I command every invisible adversary to bow in the name of Jesus. Somebody shout a big amen. As you have said it, so shall it be. Every prayer prayed in faith receives an answer in seven days. In 30 days. Hear me, child of God. God is going to move into the scene. For some of us here, we need seven days for our answers to come. Within seven days. For somebody here, it's within 30 days. For some here, it's within 90 days. And for some here, before the close of this year, if I be a man of God, if I carry the oracles of God in my lips, answer will come to you. Help will come to you. Hear me? You're trusting God for a job. You're trusting God for your paper. You're trusting God for a relocation. If I be a man of God, I trigger grace that will move you to your next level. In the name of Jesus. I've been in Peterborough for about, about five days. Ministering and then running strategic training for the leadership. And a young man came to me. He said, Pastor, September last year you came around. And you said to me, he said, the next time I see you face to face, your papers will be in your hands. She came with her family and said, Pastor, just as you have said, I'm seeing you after some months now. Sir, the paper has arrived. On Friday, I went to Northampton in a meeting like this. And the pastor ran to me. He said, Pastor, remember this person that you spoke about? This person, is, he said, the next time you show up, he said, their document would have come. I feel a God, I have a God feeling to make that statement again. I prophesy to you before I set my face on you again, before I see you again, you will have a testimony in the name of Jesus. Doors are opening, opportunities are coming, help is released, promotion has come, the veil is lifted, answers are everywhere in the name of Jesus. Sit down. So someone will say, Pastor, with all this, is there still a message? The answer is yes, there's a message. So let's see how we can run through this. Before me is result, commanding result. And quickly, I'm going to give you a secret in four points. And then the last point will make some declaration. I tell you, child of God, something will hit your life. That will make you smile again. Did you hear what I said? I said something will hit your life. That will make you smile again. In the name of Jesus. When pastor was trying to sell the material I came. In Peterborough, each of those material was sold. I came with a lot of them for five pounds. But while I was coming here, I felt a burden to seed it. I don't know. I felt somebody needed it. So I told them, I said, listen to me. Just give it as a giveaway. I wanted everybody to have it. There's something. One of it, the title of one is the equation of power. The second is, Lord, change my story. Then there's a book that, is, that, that talks about um, um, 
breaking the yoke of unprofitable labor. The point I'm just trying to make is this. I want to seed these things into your life because I know after now, you will remember you had an encounter with God. Not with Pastor Petro, with the God of heaven in this service today. So let's go a bit deeper. I'm going to be talking to you now, briefly, on what I titled, Unlocking the Code of the Subconscious Mind. Unlocking the Code of the Subconscious Mind. Under the title, Commanding Results. How many of you know that God did not design us so that we begin to wait for miracles? God designed for us to work miracles. How many of you know that we actually operate in two realms while you're there? You know what makes you a supernatural being? You can move from the natural and you flip into the supernatural. Some of you don't even know. Do you know that every time you speak in tongue, you leave the natural? So, so I wonder why people say, you know, they're chewing gum. What's that? The gift of tongue is the passage into the supernatural. That's why before you go for any interview or you go, for, you go to pursue any great dream, Spend time to pray in the spirit. Every time you open your mouth and something leaves the natural, enters the supernatural, and you begin to create a field around you that makes you the magnet for things that even money cannot buy. So the point is this. You are meant to operate both realms. Both realms. Operate in the natural and then manifest the supernatural. You are not meant to be at the mercy of some super service. No. You are to bring the dimension of God's grace, come into a service like this, share testimony to reactivate and re-energize the flow of the grace you carry. So how do you operate in uncommon result without having to wait for some kind of a miracle? Is the ability to be able to lock, unlock the subconscious mind. Now, everyone is made up of three components. Every man. The spirit, the soul, and the body. Your spirit is regenerated and has its roots in God. But there's something about your mind that influences you. Time might not permit us to read a lot of scriptures. But if you look at Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Proverbs 4, 23. It says, keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life. If you get other translation of that... It's one of the transitions says, be careful what you think because your life is governed by your thoughts. Be careful what you think because your life is governed by your thoughts. So watch this. How come I think good today and I don't reap good immediately? How come I think good in the morning and by the time I'm back home, good has not yet manifested? It's because, you see, there are two sides of your mind. There's a conscious side of your mind and there's a subconscious side of your mind. But watch this. What you attract naturally, are you with me, does not come from your conscious mind. What you attract comes from your subconscious mind. So your subconscious mind is what has made your life an autopilot. That's, your subconscious mind is the default setting of your life. And what you actually attract is the default so the point is this. The subconscious mind is like a picture. Like a picture. 
except for now that you have a lot of te technological softwares that can crack pictures. But those days, if it is, is it JPEG now, there's a picture form it comes. You can't break it because it's in picture. That's why if you want anybody to work on it, you move it from the picture form to an accessible form. So your subconscious mind is the picture of your life. And everything that is resident in that subconscious is what you attract. Something happened one day. We closed service. And I told my kids that we're going to get, we're going to, you know, get some loaves of bread while going home. There's a particular store very close to the church. And we're supposed to drive out of church, get into the store, and we pick the loaves. But we drove past, and then my kids reminded me that daddy was supposed to stop by and, and pick loaves. I said, okay, don't worry. There's another shop very close to my house. I said, when we get there, we'll drive in. So we got gisting. And I was on the steering. Pastor, you know what happened? We just got home. And just as the gate was about to open, my son reminded me, Pastor, we did not buy the loaf. And I began to ask, what happened? That root was a root that I had always taken, probably close to a thousand times. So the moment I sat on that steering, I knew every stop. I knew the traffic. I knew how. So without even thinking about it, there's something about my life that just moves through it and takes us there. That is what is happening to a lot of us. The point isn't that prayer is going to bring results. The point is that something has been programmed in that subconscious realm that is superior to your transient thought per time. So if you want to operate the supernatural, you must be careful to influence that subconscious mind. Because it's subconscious, a lot of people don't know how to influence it. And that is the secret the devil uses to put us in captivity. Every child of God is a miracle worker. Not just because you have the Holy Ghost in you, but because there is a formula to work in miracles. There's a formula, there's a, there's a pro procedure, a protocol that is already clear. But guess what? The devil operates what I call the reverse effect. And because you oppress the reverse effect, we find ourselves in the receiving end. Church, are you with me? So let's look at these four things. And then I'll tell you what the reverse effect is. So that you can be helped today to live each day of your life manifesting the supernatural and the miraculous. Number one, how do I crack into the subconscious through what is called focused thinking? Over a period of time. It's also called in the book of Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, it's also called meditation. The way to move your good thoughts, the way to move your good imaginations into the subconscious so that you become a magnet is by consistent, deliberate, focused thinking on the things that you desire. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 says, it says the book of the law. Watch this now. This is God's divine formula to help every believer produce the success that is desired of God. He says, he says, the book of the law shall not depart out of what? Number one, your mouth. But thou shalt do what? Meditate therein day and night. 
all right, that thou might observe to do according as is written. For then shall you make, watch this now, make your ways. Make your ways. So there's a way that brings to prosperity. There's a way that maketh success. There's a way that maketh increase. So, so, so that way is not strange to mankind. Scripture says that God reveals his acts to the children of Israel, but his ways to Moses. And the reason why Moses had knowledge of his ways is so that he can influence it. The supernatural is to be influenced by mortals. That's the idea. You should control what is happening to you. That's the way it was created to be. And that's when the Bible says, it says, ye are gods, sons of the most high. What you carry is in the same class as God. So why should you be at the mercy of circumstances? You should predict what will happen next. Not because you had the voice or you had a dream, but because you understand the process and you have stayed in that process long enough and you know what the outcome will be. Church, are you with me? The Bible says this book will not depart from your mouth. Meditate on it. Now, this is the joker. It says day and night. Day and night is that consistent dimension to it. But what do some of us do? We meditate on Monday. And then we'll have a break on Tuesday. Then on Wednesday, we'll do some Kentucky. And then we remember that the Bible is there. Then we'll go back to it on Thursday. Meditation is the act of intermingling with the powers of divinity as a mortal so you can operate the full potentials that you carry as a man in the class of God. So meditation makes you commune with Yahweh so that his virtue stays in you and then you can suspend the natural and rule the world. That's what meditation is. What's the second code? How do I break the subconscious? This is so very powerful. Habits. Habits. How many of you know that whatever becomes a habit rules you? Whatever becomes your habit rules you. Now, it rules you because the habits are actually formations in your subconscious mind. They are formations in your subconscious mind. So they influence you without you thinking, without you knowing. Quickly, the third one, desire. Desire is so powerful. If you want to influence, set your desire deliberately on what you want with a biblical reference to it and you attract it. And that's why the Bible says when we come to pray, whatsoever you desire when you pray, the Bible says what? It says believe that you receive and you would have it. And then the last, the last way to break that code is true faith. True faith. Now, faith is so, 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 so powerful. And I want us to read this scripture as we move on now. It says, Romans chapter 4, verse 17. It says, as it is written, I have made thee the father of many nations, before whom he believed, who quickened the dead and called the things that be not as though they were. Did you get that? He called the things that be not as though they were. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. It says, and we have the same spirit of faith. According as it is written, I believe. And therefore have I spoken. We believe and therefore speak. So let's put that together. The key component in faith is the ability to speak forth and call that which does not exist into reality. So every time you stay consistent in a powerful, spirit-filled declaration, with time, it flips from your conscious into the subconscious and makes you the magnet 
of the good things that you want. And that's the reason why that guy, when he heard that Jesus was coming, he started shouting, Jesus, that son of David, have mercy upon me. And everyone Jesus healed, except for those who were derailed, who were lunatics. Every one of them, their healing were connected to faith. So watch this. When you step into the frequency of faith, you suspend the power of the subconscious. Faith superimposes the power of the now on your subconscious. That's why you find people who suddenly trigger a miracle in an atmosphere like this. Because faith is higher than the power of your subconscious mind. Everything I've taught you are things that you do consistently and deliberately. But faith, when the atmosphere is right, you key into it and it changes your story. Now what is the reverse effect? And that's what the devil uses against us so that we can remain in captivity. Number one, the reverse effect. God makes sure, I mean the devil makes sure that we don't meditate on the word of God, right? Rather, he ensures that we focus on other things. So you see believers who keep steady focus on what they ought not to. And as long as you do that, you shift yourself away from the things that you desire. And you will now begin to get the things to focus on. That is the reverse effect. Number two, habit. The devil deliberately steers us up through different means and ways. So we can cultivate negative habits that will eat up our destiny and mess our life up. But the third one is what? Is desire. Sometimes you find yourself on the internet. You find yourself and all that is happening. The devil is setting up a desire, a wrong desire in you. And when the desire is fully formed, you find yourself attracting the things that you didn't want to attract. And then let's talk about faith. The reverse of these four things is the, is, the, is the system of the devil to make sure that you don't operate in the full result that God has ordained for you. Faith. He puts in you fear. Then he sows, sows the seed of unbelief. Then he puts double-mindedness. So that every time you stand before God, you are doubting his ability to perform. And as long as the devil has us messed up in these four areas, you would suddenly realize that you are the mercy of life and the mercy of people. But that's not the plan of God for you because you must command result. Somebody rise with me today. You must command result. Hallelujah. You must command result. You must command result. We've taken our time to pray. Now we've understood what we need to do. I'm now asking you now. Are there habits that you need to break? It's time to break those habits so you can stay steady in the path of victory. Are you with me? Do you find it difficult staying on the word of God? Then you need to be deliberate in staying on the word of God so the things that are in the world will create a change in you. Child of God, are you with me? And then have you been struggling with faith? It's time to say, Father, help my faith. I believe I receive. The last thing I want you to do today is to use that word. Child of God, we are not in the era of doing to get. Grace does not permit your doing. Grace only, permit, grace only permits your believing. So you don't have to do it to be healed anymore. Because the blood paid the price. What you need to do is believe it and say, Lord, I believe I receive it. Is there something you can identify that you need now? I'm rounding up. There's something you need now. I don't want you to ask of God. Just say, Lord, I believe I receive it. I believe I receive it. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Can you identify that thing? Because I feel that the power of God is here. Can you identify? For two seconds. Identify what you need right now. And all I want you to declare. Because the Bible says that, 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 that Abraham calls the things that be not as though they were. He called the things that be not as though they were. So by saying, I believe I have it, 
you have it. Glory, hallelujah. Are you ready now? It's now your voice before the heavens. After the count of two, start shouting, saying, say, Father, I believe I receive. I believe I receive favor. I believe I receive breakthrough. I believe I receive open doors. I believe I receive grace in the name of the Lord Jesus. I believe I receive my healing. I believe I receive abundant blessing. I believe I receive promotion. I believe I receive new ideas. I believe I receive it. In the name of Jesus, as you stretch your hands towards me, the Lord says I should say to somebody here that he's going to give you power to own your own properties. Amen. The Lord says I should say to somebody here that the struggles that you're going through is going to end very soon. Amen. He says, don't, 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 don't give up. Mama, the Lord says I should tell you that there's a new level that is coming. Amen. You spoke to me before I came. There's a new level that is coming. And by reason of that new level, it's going to come with new status. Amen. And it's going to make you greater blessing for pastor and the entire church. Amen. Are you with me? There's somebody on this road. On, the, on this road. On this road. On this road. God, God just showed to me that he's going to bypass protocols. Amen. He's going to bypass protocol. There, there's, some, there's somebody here that has been the pattern of rejections. Rejections, rejections. And you can't explain it. And most times when it happens, it appears as if they put a veil on you. And because they put a veil on you, suddenly they begin to resent you. The power behind that force is judge, said the Lord. Said the Lord, said the Lord, said the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. If God be God, the next time we gather together and I see your face, you will have something good to tell about God. The chains are broken. Sicknesses are gone. Affliction is over. I hear the Lord say to me, I'm giving out a baby to somebody. I'm giving out a baby to somebody. I'm giving a baby to somebody. There's somebody here. There's somebody. The Lord is saying to me, he says, calm down. The path you're about to take might make you cry. He says, so slow down. There's somebody that probably needs to see pastor for counseling on some matters. Time will fail me to pick out. But somebody needs to come and see you, sir, because the person is just at the point of taking a decision that might probably cause that person, you know, pain. So you need to see your pastor. There's someone here, you are under some force of addiction. I have prayed for you, and I know that God has delivered you. But you probably need to see the pastor for some guidance as to how to keep up the right habit. There's a mother here. The Lord said you have concern over your children. He says I should tell you that even before you had those children, he has defined the destiny of that child. And so you have no reason to fear. Hallelujah. God is in this place. Amen. Lift up your hand and say, I believe I receive. Your testimony will make people cry. Your testimony will make people celebrate. Your testimony will make people gather to you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you so much.